Hello, dear listener. If you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, and all types of shows. This app is incredible. We've been saying it for weeks, and I'm happy to report that a lot of you out there have finally figured that out. We recently had someone who said that their grandpa was buying basketball tickets with the GameTime app. Old Pappy? That is awesome. I hope your grandpa's name is Murray. That's just a good old grandpa name. Grandpa Murray. Well, now GameTime is hooking you up for the holidays with $10 in credit. Here's what to do. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app, create an account, then under the Billing section, redeem code NODUNKS. That's NODUNKS, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, Grandpa. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem that code and it expires at the end of the year, December 31st, 2019. So make your money moves quick and score some last-minute tickets. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. The lyrics go on from there to emphasize that Santa is making a list and checking it twice. Who's naughty or nice? He knows if you've been bad or good. And then finish with those same opening threats. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. Wednesday, December 18th, one week Till Christmas. Can you believe it? I'm Jay Skeets alongside me as always, Tass Mellis. Sports. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Ayo. Ayo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Lily. And last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. A little housekeeping. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. You know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. Keep the emails of your NBA questions and your comments coming to nodunksattheathletic.com. We went beach stepping yesterday on Tuesday, so go download and listen to that instant classic now. But don't stop with the emails or comments. We'll bank them over the holiday break. So send them in, nodunksattheathletic.com. Guys, you got one more day to get in on the No Dunks Dunk Contest presented by Cash App. We want you to send us your best, craziest, most creative dunks. We're going to watch them all tomorrow on Thursday, December 19th, and we're going to pick our 20 favorites and give them each $500. 500 real dollars. That's what they tell me. It's incredible. That's all you got to do. And look, the dunk can be truly on anything. It can be on anyone. You know, a standard rim, a lowered rim, a Nerf net, a garbage can, a laundry basket, an on and on. Whatever you want to do, go nuts, get creative. Here's how you officially enter. You must submit your dunk from a public Twitter or Instagram account Include your Cash App hashtag. You have to tag both at Cash App, at No Dunks Inc., and use the hashtag No Dunks Contest. You got to be following us on Twitter or Instagram to be qualified at No Dunks Inc., and you have to be a resident of the USA and at least 18 years old. But shout out to the people still, despite not being in America or not 18. Sending in their videos of them dunking. <laughs> great. Uh, we've still had a laugh watching them. Uh, you unfortunately can't win the money, but respect. People who dunk you. want other people to see them dunk, right? That's right. You know, just share it. We uh, we got a 
look back at last night's games, the big storylines. I know there's a juicy Drew Holiday rumor that we'll get into on today's show. But first, a little bit of somber news. The NBA released a brief update about former Commissioner David Stern. Quote, Stern remains in serious condition following emergency surgery to address a sudden brain hemorrhage on Thursday. He is receiving great care and is surrounded by his loved ones. The Stern family and everyone at the NBA appreciate the incredible outpouring of support. Our thoughts and prayers remain with David and his family. I just wanted to add thoughts and prayers are great. I'm also going to throw in some ironic booze for David Stern because I believe that's Stern's spinach. You know, like when he was at the NBA draft, that's when he was really at his strongest flourishing, the booze raining down. He was like a wrestler, yeah, cupping his hand to his ear, trying to egg on the crowd. So some ironic booze were thrown in there, of course, with thoughts and prayers. Get well, uh, Commissioner Stern. All right. Last night, the Pacers snapped the Lakers' road-winning streak Pulled it out in the end, 105-102. I loved this game. It was great back and forth down the stretch. Had some uh, some controversial calls. Uh, you had Brogdon stepping up. But, uh, yeah, the Pacers got it done. We thought it might be a trap game after the Bucks had their little trap game where they lost the night prior, and then the Lakers lose this one because those two teams are uh, going to go head-to-head, the Bucks and Lakers, on Thursday night. But Pacers, I mean, all the credit in the world. No Anthony Davis for the Lakers, but yeah. still an impressive win. But no Victor Oladipo for the yeah, Pacers. Right. And, and can we stop just saying trap game for the Pacers? Can we just give the Pacers some respect? Why don't we just say they're a good team? They are. Why don't we say it? 19-9 and nine now. They're a very good team. And I know they don't have a superstar, and we don't really anoint anyone a superstar until they get to that level, until they seem that way. Um, until they've been putting up the numbers, until it's NBA gospel. But Demont Sabonis is a star in this league, and he's leading a bunch of, yeah, very good players around him. And so we don't anoint the Pacers because they've got guys like TJ Warren and Miles Turner and Jeremy Lamb and Malcolm Brogdon doing their thing. But I think Sabonis, uh, you said it last, you put it up yesterday, Trey, on, on Twitter that he should be an all-star. Well, he, they have to have an all-star. Oh, and, yeah. and and it's probably got to be Demontis Sabonis. I yeah. do think it's him. He's incredibly watchable for a guy who almost has a men's league game, right? Like, he's always in the right place. He's always making the right decision. And I think a lot of the reason that Malcolm Brogdon has succeeded the way he has is because he already has incredible chemistry with Sabonis. Like, on a pick and roll, on a dribble handoff, they just both already know what they're doing, which is pretty impressive, less than 30 games into the season. He was unstoppable last yeah. night inside, and that's where you see uh, – the limitations that Dwight Howard has at this point in his career, no Anthony Davis, but the Pacers went out and took advantage of the hole in the middle for the Lakers, and yeah. Sabonis was a huge reason for that. Mm. It's so tough. He just feels like he, he never gets pushed out of the way, and offensively, he just goes up against whoever's in the paint there. Yeah, he's he's not as big or maybe as strong as his dad, Arvidas, was. I mean, that man was a giant, Yeah, but he... I guess like, he's not as big, I should say. Physically, he might yeah. be as strong, though. Yeah. Guys bounce off him. Yeah. They really do. Uh, and he had the 26-10. He had four assists. You know, I thought Miles Turner had a, had a pretty good game at the center position as well. I thought he looked a little bit better offensively. He had 16-7, and he had the two blocks and the two steals. Mm. Uh, and you're right. I'd like Sabonis was great throughout the game. I thought Brogdon won them the game, though. I mean, Brogdon took over the game. when they He was Down the, the Oladipo. He, yeah. he, he turned into Oladipo. Yeah. Uh, you know, seven points in the final 320, let's call it. He had that huge gotta-have-it type of three because the Lakers, I believe, were up five at that point. Yeah. He hit that huge three uh, when they were reeling a little bit. 
Then he hit that tough little teardrop floater from just outside the paint. Not an easy shot. Takes some fun. The Lakers touch. didn't do themselves any favors though. Dwight and LeBron missing four three free throws. I think LeBron in fact missed three in a row down the stretch. Yeah, they there. were they were garbage at the line. Yeah. But the final one, Brogdon blowing by Dwight yeah. Howard, got the ISO, got the switch, ISOed him up. Drives by him on the left. Okay, Dwight could still hang. He's going to make a play on the ball at the rim. But Brogdon, sneaky, goes up and under using the rim as sort of a protection against Dwight and finish. I mean, I, those were that, – that, to me, he just took over the game. Mm-hmm. That's where they miss. That's where they missed Anthony Davis, for sure. Yeah. On, the, on the defensive end, yeah. he would be the guy trailing Malcolm Brogdon and, and scaring the poop out of him a little bit as a, a defensive player of the year candidate. But the Pacers are good. And Demont Sabonis, he came over in that trade from Oklahoma City. It's kind of easy to forget that he was traded with Victor Oladipo for Paul George. And now he's in year four, and he's blossoming, I think, into the you know a, a player that could be an all-star. It's similar to what Victor Oladipo did. You know, yeah. It was year five for Victor Oladipo, but became rem- a superstar. And remember, the Pacers were maybe going to trade him until they agreed the contract just before the start of the season. There was certainly speculation that they were considering moving on from him rather than extend him, but they got him for a bargain too. Yeah. I think, I think they, four years and about 80 million, I think it was. Um, that is going to, I think that's a very, very uh, lucrative contract for the Pacers that they're not paying him that much. Cause I know with him and Turner, there's, there's going to be some issues going forward, whether or not they'll keep both of those guys right now. I would say, Sabonis is clearly the the front runner to stay. I don't think that's even a India. question no. anymore. If they even do decide to try and move one of them, it's going to be Turner. Yeah, There's, I just you're right with the contract, with how he looks, how he c- continues to get better and better. Sabonis, I is not going anywhere. Uh, he's a gem for them. Mm-hmm. Looks fun to play with. Like yeah. if you're open, he's going to get you the ball. He's not just taking every single shot no, down there. Point. He's he's awesome. He's great to watch. What yeah. did um. What did everybody think about a, a few couple specific plays uh, or calls or lack of calls or whatever you want to say? The Rondo one where he very, very wisely saves it uh, off, of a, off of a pacer, but they won't go and look at it and say, uh, Rondo was actually on the ground while he was still like tapping. He did like sort of a cool like, uh-huh. double sort of volleyball like tap off of the, off of the pacer. They, they, they overturned it, which I was i got to be honest, pretty shocked by it. Uh, yeah, they, they overturn it if there's clear, conclusive evidence. I don't think it was I know. clear and conclusive. It, did, it was so bang, bang. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, if they had called it originally that it was, well, Rondo, you were out. You were yes. on the floor. Okay, then they'd probably just keep that one, and no one would be that upset. But you're right. I'm with you. It's like they called it going the other mm. way. It was, they were saying it was still going to be the Lakers ball, and they did overturn it. it was, Rondo has very long fingers, and I think his <laughs> fingers were still on the yeah, ball. Yeah, from the, the one <laughs> angle, the one angle looked like, oh, there's no way they can overturn this. Yeah. But the other angle, I thought he, his fingers were definitely on the ball. It was, it was bang bang, and it was, it was a cool, very high IQ oh. play uh, by Rajon Rondo to be able to do that because he didn't have the ball. I was watching some of the replays, and, I, and, I, and the ball was like hanging midair as they're doing the super slow mo. Nobody's touching the ball. I'm like. Did he what? Did he have the ball in his hands? It was just like the ball was floating, and then he tapped it. It was it was a cool, really cool Rondo like move. Um, and then Rondo involved in the final really play for the Lakers, uh, down three, have a chance to tie it here, and the ball does not find its way to LeBron, who who struggled from three anyway in the game and didn't have a great game. And and kudos to Brogdon for some of the defense he plays on LeBron as well. Um, but Rondo jacks the three. And he's been feeling it from three this year. <laughs> it was probably a little out of his range wasn't that far off but it rattled yeah i was gonna say 
Tough, though. Tough look if you're like, I mean, the ball's got to, it's got to go to LeBron. I imagine There's that would have been time. Rondo's longest three-pointer of his career, at least in a half-court setting. Um, yeah. But yeah. I don't know. When the clock is ticking down like that, I'm never really upset when a guy takes a weird shot because he was open. I mean, he was open. It is Rondo shooting a 30-footer. No wonder he's open. But yeah. you got to get a shot up. And maybe he doesn't know exactly, is there five seconds left? Is there three seconds left? He's thinking, I got to get a three up somehow. It would have been great to get it to LeBron, but he had guys all over him. There was guys standing in front of him. He would have had even less time to get the shot up and he was broke from three last night so you miss you learn isn't that the time Rajon Rondo will make a shot though like time ticking down <laughs> sure. he just has that innate ability just to hit big plays like he hit that game winner against the Celtics uh, was it it was earlier this was calendar year oh, yeah, yeah, the last yeah. season yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like he's just got that ability you know it rattled man that was, was close and around yeah LeBron was over last night from three yeah right? and he bricked one just prior to that, right? That was the, mm-hmm. the, the gross miss that he missed uh, from the wing there. Uh, Trey Wingo, I saw a tweet. The Lakers are shooting 64.7% Lee from the free throw line in the fourth quarter this season. The worst by any team in any quarter. 64.7%. Mm. And they shot 4-10 last night in that fourth quarter. It, and was, it was Dwight and LeBron missing a lot. I mean, that could have cost them the game. Yeah, I, you think, know? Yeah, I think like, it's fair uh, to say it did. You know, Dwight, fair enough. He's not a great free throw shooter. But LeBron, you know, I, I'd like I said, I think he missed three in a row. That's uh, that's pretty crucial down the stretch in a, in a game that was uh, eventually decided by three points. And sometimes his free throw routine changes. Like, it's changed recently. Yeah. LeBron's. Yeah. Oh, it changes all the time. Always, I know. Yeah. yeah, I know. But he, he was good earlier this year, and then it changed. Yeah. Weird. The loneliest place in the world. That's <laughs> right. I, I'm, I'm actually happy with this result, uh, not just because I was leaning with the Pacers in our woe boy, which we'll get to later, but I like that. That's a, another, another quality win from this Pacers team. You're right, Tass. They're good. They are just a really good team. I like that they're. Uh, you got to include them in the mix with all of these other Eastern Conference, you know, teams for the most part up that upper tier. Uh, and I like that we got Bucks and Lakers with identical records come Thursday. I'm a fan <laughs> of it. And I like the symmetry. Twenty four and four. Also, just a fun record. Perfect looking. Um, <laughs> Perfect. So great. I just <laughs> so love good. it. Just fun to say. Fun Who's to look at. Who's gonna snap yeah. their losing streak now? Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's so right. One of these teams is going to be on a losing streak. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's very, very true. So, uh, yeah, good, good win there from Indy at home. De'Aaron Fox, guys, made his return for the Sacramento Kings uh, last night. He looked all right. He missed 17 games. I actually uh, caught me by surprise. I was like, damn, he did miss a good chunk of time there with the left ankle sprain. I thought he looked solid. 19 points, 8 assists. Uh, he played 30 minutes despite supposedly being on a minutes restriction. But the Kings... Uh, couldn't get over the Hornets. Uh, a bad loss. Uh, the Hornets, Malik Monk catching fire in the fourth quarter because they didn't have a great game either, especially uh, Graham and Rozier. Um, but what did you do th- what did you think of what you saw from De'Aaron Fox? And I guess here are the Kings now with Bagley back in the mix as well, d- despite the loss. What do you think? I'm a little surprised he didn't go straight into the starting lineup there for Luke Walton because players, you know, younger players tend to go straight back into it. Um, and when he came out, he shot the ball okay, but he certainly wasn't looking as uh quick as we've known him to be mm-hmm. so you know he's taken a long time off but uh i guess he's just got to work himself into game shape again but uh, i thought I, he looked pretty good when he leaped over a guy yeah but i just <laughs> I mean, didn't i, I jumped just, over golden graham there on the baseline I, you see a guy like him again he's, he's so young you expect that pace would just come immediately back to him i didn't think he'd looked he looked unexplosive i didn't think he i just didn't i didn't think he looked as quick as oh. as we've seen him myself um but well the kings never look quick because they yeah. play slow very, That's very a big slow. question, honestly. They struggled out of the gates last year. They were the fifth 
highest paced team in the league. De'Aaron Fox gets hurt. I thought their season was over. I thought, you know, he ended up missing 17 games. They could have easily went like 2-15 and 15 in that time, but they didn't because they started playing slow. They are now the slowest pace wow, in the league. Right? Wow. 30th amongst all teams. And it's like last year it felt like the entire reason the Kings were winning was because they were playing so fast, yeah. kind of catching teams off guard. And Fox was the main engine for that since he's one of the fastest guys in the league. But now they have been starting Corey Joseph and playing so much slower, taking care of the ball. What's going to happen here? Are they going to start playing faster? Because that wasn't working earlier in the season, but it worked last season. And what's working now for them is playing slow. So I guess it could be a weird fit, but um, I don't know. I mean, you would think play fast. Fox is fast. you got to get some stops to play fast, I yeah. guess. So, yep. um, but yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see what they do here. They survived, though. Without De'Aaron Fox for weeks, and uh, I know I didn't Survived. think that yeah, they were going to put it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they're they're eighth in the playoffs. They're eighth in the Western Conference. They're in the playoffs at twelve and fifteen. I know it's not pretty, but um, I thought they'd be dead in the water. Yeah, I know, Trey, you mentioned you said the same thing. I thought they'd be done uh, without De'Aaron Fox, but that's where their depth really helped. And and Corey Joseph has played in playoff games before. He's just solid, and I and I guess that's what uh, you know Luke Walton was thinking by bringing De'Aaron Fox off the bench. Hey. Things are working, you know, fairly well with what we got here. Um, and maybe they'll be ready for a postseason if they do play a little bit slower, you know, in that sort of setting if they do it a lot more often. I, you know, they to me, I, I wouldn't have expected them to be where they are, so I think they're they're fine. Can I ask, uh, hold on, before yeah. we, because I don't want to forget, you said he jumped over, what did you call him? Golden Graham. Are you just calling him Golden <laughs> no, Graham? I mean, I, I've seen people call him Golden <laughs> Graham. I don't know, Twitter, okay. man. Um, Instagram. Instagram calls him Golden Graham? Wow. No, Instagram, Instagram should be his nickname because oh. oh, he gets instantly hot. I like it. Devontae he Graham. wasn't last night. <laughs> yeah, sure. He was, uh, what was he last night? What's the worst? Uh, Vine, I guess. <laughs> telegram? Uh. <laughs> They're dead. Nobody uses that Telegram anymore. No, it's good. I'd be shocked that that doesn't make a comeback, though. The Telegram? Why not? Going People old school. The, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> cool. Uh, the Kings were not going to win this game if Buddy Heald is going 4-12 and then Barnes is going 6-17. They shot brutal. Uh, and Monk, like I said, scored 14 of his season-high 23 in the fourth quarter. He was perfect in that last quarter. I mean, you're right. I, I agree with you that the Kings survived without mm-hmm. Fox, but I'd like to also say they had a pretty disappointing last week because they had a really, really legit solid chance to get back to 500. When you looked at who they were playing, this was the easiest part of their schedule. They played OKC, they played the Knicks, Golden State, and then Charlotte. And they had zero back-to-backs in that last week with those four teams, and they went 2-2. Two and two. Mm. It, it, Okay, fine, you're right, not brutal, but also not great. I mean, that's, a, that's the easiest part. That, they should not have lost to the Knicks is basically what I'm getting at, and nor should they have really lost to the Hornets, even with Fox coming back. That's not – that's it's fair. Not a lot, not a lot of um, – I'm not inspired by that week. So, you it's know, look, fair. they got all these guys back now. Bagley is back there and, and Fox, and you're right, Trey. Like, will they figure out to play a little different? Will they lean into how, what was working there? We will see, and Luke Walton's got to figure that out. That was the ugliest game I've ever watched. That one was... <laughs> yeah, okay, was, I've ever watched this extreme, I but was that happy, was bad. happy Fox was back. He had a couple highlights, you're right, but it was... It was No one could hit a shot. It was pretty gross. Um, someone else came back last night. DeAndre Eaton, back from suspension. Uh, he returned to the court after a 25-game suspension for violating the league's anti-drug policy. He talked about it, too. He apologized again. <laughs> um, didn't really matter, him coming back. Uh, Clippers destroyed the Suns. Uh, I guess you can talk about what you thought 
you saw from Aiton, uh, still hitting those uh, mid-range jumpers, knocking them down. <laughs> uh, and, and maybe the Clippers. And, and the fun thing from this game really was the Kelly Oubre <laughs> Jr. versus Paul George, I guess, dunk-off, stare-off, mm. what do you want to call it? That, that was fun. Yeah, it sure was. Uh, there wasn't much else to get too excited no, about no, this in this was... game. But, but I, I actually thought Aiton was looking quite good. He was moving pretty well out there. He got straight back into the starting lineup. And you mentioned he, he, it's almost a Tim Duncan-esque type of game, that uh, short mid-range game. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not comparing him to Tim Duncan's overall game. Pick but... another guy then. <laughs> Horace Grant. <laughs> okay, maybe Horace Grant. He plays like Horace Grant. Oh. He looked like watching the 90s to me. Mid-range jumpers, offensive rebounds, and tip-ins. And he had his flat top, so it's like mm. it all adds up to the '90s to me. But yeah, he was good. I mean, there'd be no reason for him to not look good. He wasn't missing games because of an injury. No. He was allowed to play and practice still. I mean, he just well, had he got should caught. look good. He's taking steroids. He <laughs> right, right. I thought the body looked awesome. Uh, it would be nice if he was a little bit closer to the basket. That's what the Suns need. They need buckets at the rim. And don't do Horace Tim. Do a little Shacky. Do get a, get a little tighter in, but. Yeah, he looked fine. They need Devin Booker, obviously. Yeah. And that's, they have, he's missed two games, 0-2. Oh or has he missed more than that? I think he's just missed two. He's missed, uh, this was his third game, oh, okay. I think, I believe. Uh, hmm. He played he in, uh, he played in Mexico. Oh, here we go with the Mexico yeah. schedule. <laughs> yeah. Well, his dad's Mexican, I think. Anyway. His mom, isn't it? It's his mom? <laughs> it was his dad. Well, we saw his mom. He's <laughs> missed, yeah, he's yeah, missed yeah, three yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, he's missed three games. When yeah. we had him on for uh, Summer League, his mother was there, um, because this was that was his first summer. He was still a teenager at the mm. time. His mom was there holding his phone, uh, <laughs> ringside. Uh, but I, I feels like a ring. We were up there on that set. Yeah, she was there. She had that gold phone. Remember, he had yeah. that gold uh-huh. phone. We asked him about it, didn't we? Twenty-four carats yeah. in the air. It was shiny. It was glimmering from where she was standing. Do you? Is it fair to call uh, that Kelly Oubre Jr. versus PG like a dunk off? Yes. I, it was? Yes. Why not? Well, Kelly Oubre dunked on Paul George. Yeah. Paul George didn't dunk on well, Kelly Oubre. Well, the funny, That's thing, about, why. The That's funny why. thing was, though, Kelly Oubre made Paul George kind of dunk on him. He didn't need to get back and contest that shot, but he did, or that dunk. And then Paul I'm George always, gave the stare uh, down. Like, that, that sort of trailing, like, semi-challenge, I don't ever consider that a dunk on a guy. I don't. Well, yeah, It's but not a dunk on a guy. Oubre could have easily just let him dunk, but he got there to contest it. He wanted to try to block it. Yeah, yeah. That's what he was trying to do. Okay, so, so you're counting it. I'm counting it. Right. I'm counting it. And, and cool. they, because they had a nice little battle there. So, hey, I love that they let the two guys stare at each yeah. other and nobody got called for a dumb tech. Yeah, it's fine. Like, I can't stand when they do that. Yeah, staring down is good. Fierce pointing, always good. You should at least, you should be able to go forehead to forehead. You know, your buddy Grish, that guy loves to go forehead to forehead. Every time you see him, he's putting his big Fiery. old forehead on your forehead. Maybe you can't go he's forehead to forehead yeah. with that guy. He's got a huge advantage. <laughs> but it always looks good, that kind of beef. Uh, Kelly Oubre, though, the clear winner. I mean, he dro- dunked on Paul George on a drop step. That looked awesome. Paul George had two dunks in this game. Both of them, I feel like, he barely got the ball over the rim. I don't know if he's just not jumping 100%, but the hops don't look quite mm, what they did earlier in his career. I mean, he's older now, of course, yeah. but he can still get up, but let's see it, buddy. And Kawhi just took over this game, too. Uh, he's just, uh, I'm going to score now, and I'm going to get to my point, get to my spot, either at the rim, I'm a little jumper, he just went on a stretch, and Lou Williams caught fire there for a second in this one, too. Oh, my God, that was fun, too. He didn't have a great game overall, but well, he had a minute or two there where it was sweet Lou NBA Jam style. He was on fire. His shoes were red. All right, final one here from last night. The Jazz rallied to beat the Magic. Um, 
they, they look, I thought they were going to lose this game. I really did. Uh, this is why I just wanted to slip it in there. But Donovan Mitchell had a huge dunk, which sort of ignited the team. Uh, him and Bogdanovich were uh, money down the stretch, sort of unstoppable down the stretch, the two of them. And they both scored over 30 points. It became the first Jazz duo to score 30 points each in a game since... Boozer and Darren. Correct. Lee Ellis, 2008. Uh, the last time two Jazz players had done that in the game. But... They, they pulled it out uh, against the Magic when it didn't look good there. They were down seven, I think it was. Yeah. They were up like 18 at one point. The Jazz. Yeah. Were, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. Magic went on a huge run. Uh, I, I honestly did not think the Jazz were going to win this game. I thought we'd be maybe leading the show with uh, them with another brutal loss, but they pulled it out. Mitchell was great down the stretch, too. He We've talked a lot about how he can be very up and down, but when he is up during the fourth quarter, you can ride him to a victory. So. Very good to see him coming up clutch. And like you said, nice game for Bogdanovich. 30 points, five rebounds, five assists, and a steal. So that's a near five by five. Four <laughs> steals short, five blocks short. Pretty close. Very, very close as they got that seven-point win. And uh, Gobert was gobbling up the rebounds in that one as well. Some fun games there on the association last night. But we've got a very juicy rumor to discuss. According to the New York Times' Mark Stein, the Pelicans are starting to think about the trade market and would be willing to move Drew Holiday. Furthermore, Stein reported that the Pelicans are not interested in moving J.J. Redick, nor Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. You know, duh on those last two. They're hanging on to Zion. Yes. Mm. (laughs) But Drew, but Drew, um, you know, I guess the Holiday can be can be possibly had during the holiday season here if you make them an offer they can't refuse. Uh, but what do you think about this? I know we've talked a little bit about Drew Holiday. Um, I think, Trey, you brought him up as one of maybe your your dream mm-hmm. sort of trade scenarios, uh, that there's something there with the Miami Heat. I, I will say before we get into it, though, Griff was uh, on the broadcast last night, directly asked. I like that Griff gets out there. He's like, here, come on, ask me the... The, the hard-hitting questions, I believe it was Jen Hale asking him on the sidelines there about this rumor, which had just dropped earlier in the day from Stein. I mean, obviously one of the, the best reporters in the game. And he said, come on, this is what happens here around this time of the year. December 15th hits. All these guys can be traded. We've been losing a ton of games. They lost another one last night. 13 straight losses for the Pelicans. This is bound to happen, but there's no real truth to it. Um what's Griffin doing there? You believe him, or is this something he's got to say? And he's working those calls and taking the taking the calls from uh, potential suitors. I love Griff on the mic. I think he he is great, and he he is a good spokesman for his team. But I don't think you want to keep coming out with things that are false that don't end up being true. Like he came out for Anthony Davis, and he said we're going to keep him as soon as he was he was given the job there in New Orleans. We're going to keep him. It didn't happen. So I don't think. If, if this is the case where they aren't taking calls, uh, I think that would be a bad look if it continuously happens if they did end up trading him. So I do believe him. I do think they're going to keep Drew around. Really? Young guys need leaders. I, and I, I, well, like, they got J.J. Redick, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you are like a good – or like a – you know, this, like why would you – if you think you're going to be good. Like they thought – I just think they thought they were going to be good this yeah, year. Yes. It obviously didn't happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, because you're probably going to keep Zion out for, I think, the entire year. Wow. Now that now that it's looking like that, but especially with this bad record, so why not next year have Drew Holiday as the leader on your team? I I don't I, I just if you want to be good, you keep him. If you want to rebuild for years down the road, you don't. But 
Zion's going to make you good as soon as he comes back. So I would, I think you, they will keep him. Yeah, because I guess it makes sense that you would move him because all those guys you said, Zion, Brandon Ingram, uh, Lonzo, Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, they're all young. Mm-hmm. They're all, any of those guys over 23? I, I mean, I, they're all super young. Mm-hmm. Holiday is not. He's a great player, but he doesn't fit the timeline. He's 29. He's not a geezer. No, I mean, you want yeah. veterans on your team, right? You're not going to uh, you're not going to line up those Jackson Hayes and Brandon Ingram without an, a vet out there. I guess you'll have JJ Redick, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think, see a problem with whose position lean, would he take. You lean into getting another younger player, more draft assets. Okay. I I I think it makes sense, and I get why Griff is going to say this, just like he did with AD. Mm. It's not going to help you. Uh, it's not going to help your trade package that you're going to get from other teams by saying, "Yep, we're moving them." I mean, this is obvious. He's just going right. to say, "No, we're not," and then you're going to keep keep taking those calls, and hopefully the the price or whatever the value goes up and up and up. But I maybe I think maybe. they should. If, I guess if. what I'm getting at is I think they should consider it. If yes. you got the right deal. He should accept calls and probably not make calls. The Pelicans already have four extra first-round picks coming in from all of their trading with the Lakers. So they're in a position where they can say, hey, yeah, wow us. We would like to keep Drew Holiday around. He's going to be a great veteran leader. He'll pair nicely with Zion when he finally gets the chance. But if somebody wows them and says, hey, we'll give you another two first-round picks, how do you say no to that? I- I mean, if it's a, the Heat, agree. don't have a ton of picks to uh, to trade, but they've got like a twenty twenty five pick. If they get Goran Dragic back, that's a veteran who could be around, who would be a nice fit next to Zion. There are packages out there, no doubt, that could bring you back a veteran, a young guy, and a pick for Drew Holiday, who is a solid player with a couple more years left on his deal. Drew Drew Holiday to me is like the point guard version of Mark Gasol at last year's trade deadline. Okay, like he is an underrated sure. star player. Sure. Really, he has a he has some playoff experience. There are both guys, Gasol and Drew Holiday, like obviously move the ball, play incredible team defense. Like they're low maintenance type of guys. And you know, Gasol at the time when the Raptors traded for him, he had the next year a player option for twenty five million dollars, which he obviously obviously exercised and still with Toronto. Drew one year more. I mean, he makes twenty six million dollars next season, and then he's got the PO after that, and it's twenty seven million. But similar, I think. And what I mean is, the right team that sees, like, the opening and go, wow, we could maybe do this. We had another piece like that, uh, like the Raps with Gasol or maybe another team here with Drew Holiday. You could go deep. You could go very deep. And, and uh, you know, I mean, he's obviously just going to bolster your team's chances in a playoff series. Yeah, I mean, if he's on the heat, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. would be amazing for them. What about what about some other packages here? Let me throw them at you. Mm. You can you can tell can me. Can I open up the TM? <laughs> no, no, he loves yeah, the TM. He used to TM, hate the TM. Yeah, you do. Okay, let it's me a give you this. Relationship. Um, and again, yeah, you tell me uh, you hate it from both sides, love it for one team, whatever. Okay, Drew Holiday going to the Wolves. Okay, so the Minnesota Timberwolves need a point guard, want to get into the damn playoffs, need somebody to pair with Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins, let's say. For Drew Holiday, Jeff Teague's expiring deal, and then probably either one or two of like a Jarrett Culver a Robert Covington or like a Jake Lehman. Again, maybe maybe just one of those guys, depending on who it is, maybe two of them, and then a first-round pick. Expiring deal with Jeff Teague, and then a wing. Obviously, a young wing or a defensive wing in Covington. What Like, what do you think? No way, maybe, meh. Drew doesn't do much for the Wolves. I'll throw it out there. Throw it right back in my face if you want. Well, definitely the Wolves, I think, want to move on from Teague, but because he's expiring, they're probably just going to run the clock out on him. Anyway, would you rather, if you're the Wolves, have T- um, Drew Holiday or D'Angelo Russell? Drew, Drew, Drew. 
Jeru. Jeru. Okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think I'd rather have Drew. I, I think D'Angelo is good, but I think Drew would be. I know that uh, uh, what's his name, D'Angelo and Carl Anthony Towns are friends, but I think Drew would be a better fit there beside him myself. Closer better in ages, though. That would be the big thing. Is yeah. that Russell definitely fits closer in the the age gap with Carl Anthony Towns and of course they're best buds so I don't know if that counts for anything yeah. I mean Drew Holiday is no doubt a better player than D'Angelo Russell but that's the other thing are you setting yourself back if you're the Timberwolves going for another young guy I don't know I also don't think that I think Robert Covington would be a waste on the Pelicans like that guy should go to a team that's contending yeah. right now hmm. they don't need a guy who's a solid 3 and D player who could help a real contender yeah I guess the problem with trading Drew is that you're gonna get back players but you already got a lot of players on the Pelicans that sort of need time, right? Like you that need to Fair. need they need to play. Ingram needs to play. Zion Williamson needs to play. And then beyond that, I guess it's a question: Do you believe in Lonzo Ball? Do you believe in Jackson Hayes? Like there's there's just a lot of bodies that have to play. So Robert Covington, I agree, doesn't really fit the bill. Maybe Jared Cul- Culver, if you believe it, he's a breakout player. Yeah, yeah, right. Because you want if you're the Pelicans and you're Griff and you are doing that, I hear what you're exactly saying, Tass. You're gonna just want. I think one guy that you're like is young enough that could be sort of star potential and then a pick or two. Yeah. You know, a really good pick if you can get it and and maybe we're talking two here. So what about the Zach Lowe special? Nuggets acquire Drew Holiday and let's say Julia Locafor and the Pelicans get Gary Harris, Malik Beasley, and Wancho and a future first round pick. Gary Harris. So Gary Harris, yeah, the, as the uh, mm. quote-unquote sort of star coming back. To, I think you have to, when you trade Drew, you have to believe in Lonzo Ball being your point guard of your future, right? Mm. Like, Do you? That, well, why, yeah. are you, why are you yeah. trading him then? Then, then you're, you're running out Zion with Lonzo Ball and Gary Harris in your backcourt, which is fine if you believe, if Lonzo Ball is going to be good. I think that's, that's an issue. Uh, but, I mean, Gary Harris kind of fits. He definitely fits the timeline. He's good. He's, it, yeah, I, think, I, I, I think the Nuggets would do that. You don't think the Nuggets would do that? I don't that? think they'd give up Gary Harris. For Drew Holiday. I think they would. I, I think, think so. they would in a Not heartbeat. with Jamal. Not with Jamal there. They can play together. Drew, Drew has shown that he can play off the ball. when they. I like Gary Harris. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Drew is great off the ball. When they played in that, when they won that playoff series uh, against the Blazers, he was off the ball with Rondo. They can play together, I think. Mm, don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, I, I think the Nuggets are higher on, on Gary Harris than that. Uh, I've got one more team that I actually haven't seen out there much uh, for the potential Drew Holiday sweepstakes because it's a lot of heat. It's a lot of wolves. Uh, you know, the Nuggets, Zach Lowe throwing out there. A couple other teams that you see every once in a while. But I haven't seen the Pistons. The Pistons, to me, if they are keeping Blake and Drummond, if this is what they're doing, then they need the third guy. They need a third star. And they're not going to be signing one, uh, I don't think. So you're going to have to do it through a trade. Is this enough? To get Drew Holiday to the Pistons, the the Pelicans get Reggie Jackson and Langston Galloway's, both on expiring deals. So those guys are coming back. So a lot of money there. And then Bruce Brown. And then a first-round pick, because the Pistons have all their first-round picks, I believe. So a good first-round pick. Or two, I guess. Look at it from the Pistons getting Drew Holiday, if possible. Sure. Yeah. I'd love to have Drew Holiday on the Pistons. Uh, And then I guess you would maybe find a taker for Derrick Rose, uh, and then try and get some more assets back that way. Uh, I don't know. I mean, how much better does that really make the Pistons, though? It makes them a playoff team. Yeah, but we've heard, their, we've heard their Pistons team. owner talk about exactly win right. now, that, win now. That's new. almost their goal is just to be in the playoffs, <laughs> and they have to really bust it to even get there. So, yeah, sure, do it. And then uh, then you're not relying on Blake Griffin as much uh, to be 
an all-NBA player. He's got a little bit more help on the creative side of things. But I don't know. I don't know. It's just that's a very Pistons move to me. Yeah. To hey, we're in the playoffs again. Yeah, we're out of the playoffs again. Yeah, just doesn't really excite me too much. I'm sorry. No, I mean, I'm sorry. To <laughs> well, okay. the thing, the I'm just is, trying. I think, man. I think I think Drew is is a is a great player. I'd like to see him on a team where it's like you could really see his impact come playoff time. Yeah. And I think the Pistons are headed for first round. The exit. Pistons. Oh, excuse me. The Pelicans have lost. 13 straight I know, games. I know. That's the longest this even... This team is not that bad to lose 13 straight yeah. games. That is the weird part. They're not that bad. I guess that's a good question to ask then. Drew Holiday has been with the Pelicans since 2013. They've had an over 500 record twice, and that's playing alongside Anthony Davis, who was in and out of the lineup a lot of the time uh, while Drew has been there, and Drew himself has been in and out of the lineup. But if he is this big of an impact player, why has he not had more of an impact on the Pelicans? Hmm. Yeah, he wasn't at his peak for, for several of those years. He uh-huh. wasn't. Um, yep. He peaked in the playoffs two years ago, and he, he needs to be a complimentary guy for sure. Like a three at the lowest, maybe a two, but yeah, yeah uh, he needs to drop down a little bit. He just needs to play with Rondo again. Isn't that what it is? That works. Maybe so, he does need to be yeah. off the ball even more. Yeah, uh, But, I mean, they good. have Lonzo. You could play him off the ball quite a bit if you really wanted to. The other whole thing with that David Griffin talking about denying the report was, and Tassie were alluding to it, uh, he says, Griff does, that Zion's improving, but still a ways away. So you are you are be- beginning to sound like you're convinced that we may not see him, and, and why would we, I guess, is what your point is? Well, when they're terrible, yeah. um, it's, it, they don't look like they're making the postseason. And they also, it sure seems like don't know what's going on with Zion Williamson, like, you would gain more knowledge, get more info by sitting him out, just having him there. Like, they don't know what's going on with his body, mm-hmm. and that's okay. I think I think you you slow play this baby. You can't mess this up. Right, right, And right, so right. why the heck would you throw him out there? Pel- Pelicans also maybe got jobbed out of a potential win last night to snap that streak. I don't know if you saw the ending uh, versus the Nets in regulation. Mm. They, they forced a 24-second, you know, shot clock. It, the ball got chucked up. It didn't even come close to hitting the rim. Uh, but it wasn't called. I mean, they weren't mm-hmm. given a, they weren't given time. The play continued, and they should have had like a Gentry was really pissed. Like after the game, he was like, "Yeah, we should have had like basically three seconds, two and a half seconds." That's when a coach shines. He could have sh- drew up a play. <laughs> well, they yeah. should have. Yeah, and then then they went to overtime and uh, and lost to the Nets pretty handily in overtime. But do you guys think Zion will be there this year? Will suit up? I am. Uh, I'm becoming more and more and more convinced we're not going to see but didn't, him. But didn't Griff say he wants to get him out there? So Griff slide before we just talked. About <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's at the eight-week mark of his injury. It, He's, it, it was supposed to be I, six to eight weeks. I think it was uh, maybe it was Zach Harper uh, on uh, on the Dings say I thought he, he summed it up well. The idea of Zion coming back, you bring him back. There's like it's not really a win-win at all for the for the Pelicans because you bring him back. And he gets hurt again, let's say. Oh, then you're going to get destroyed as an organization. If you don't yeah. bring him back, no one's going to care, really. You're already way out of the playoffs. That's not happening. Um, no one's, like, honestly, I don't think anyone's going to be like, what? You're not bringing him back in February? What are you doing? I just don't think that would truly be happening. I don't think there'd be any, I don't think there'd be a lot of backlash. I don't want to pretend that I'm, a, like, you know, saying this for Pelicans fans. Maybe they think differently, but. I think uh, smart Pelicans fans will be like, yeah, just just take the whole year off and red shirt and come back. That does make for a long two seasons for the Pelicans and Pelicans fans. Last year was it the does. Anthony Davis drama. Everybody very excited. You're getting Zion. 
maybe we'll keep Anthony Davis around. Wada Tusum and Anthony Davis then was traded and then Zion was hurt. And now you're basically looking at two seasons of not having your best player play for your team. That's tough. I, I mean, maybe you just throw him out there to throw the fans a bone and say, look, Zion's great. You're going to see him a lot for the rest of his career. Here's a little taste. Yeah, mm-hmm. sell those tickets for next year sure. is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, so, that's- yeah. If he's healthy, I mean, I'd like to see him play from a personal right. perspective. <laughs> yeah. It was two months ago where I was excited about preseason basketball because he was hammering yeah. rims. Yeah. Oh, hopefully. I mean, look, so you think he will play in 2020, I assume, at this point? Well, I, I, yeah, I think they would like to get him out on the floor. You've, I think. you've spoken to Griffin a couple times this yeah. year already. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, Inside. No, no I tried to. Tried to get a scoop or two, but yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I also listened to the Daily Ding. Zach Harper and Eden Lou had a great conversation. But it really rivals our show. Like, are you going to listen to No Dunks and the Daily Ding? It's too much of. It's just too much. <laughs> so don't listen to the Daily Ding. No, they think, they were great. Don't listen to any podcasts that aren't on the Athletic. Listen to the Daily Dings when you're taking a shower in the morning, and then listen to us at lunchtime. Yeah. I, Harper and Lou were were great today, and they did bring up that point. Yeah. I just. What is the win uh, other than selling tickets? That is a good yeah, point. Yeah, that is yeah, a very yeah. good point because they. Well, they set some records for this year, right? I think so. When, yeah. uh, oh, when they yeah. won the draft, didn't they? Th- there's that the video of the ticket office there exploding. <laughs> right, right. Because they sold so many tickets. That yeah. was back when I was excited about ticket offices. <laughs> but I guess Drew Holiday will be the barometer for this. If he gets traded, you can pretty much guarantee Zion's not coming back, I would think. If mm. Zion is coming back, I can see wanting to keep Drew around just so that you know yeah. how the two of them fit next to each other. Yeah, for sure. And, and then, then, look, the, like, we talked about too. The, they say they're not trading Reddick, but I know you know a lot of teams are interested in trying mm-hmm. to acquire JJ Reddick and keep his playoff streak alive and add your, him to your roster. Yeah, he, you're going to get calls for him. There's more no, favors. There's no point in him staying on the Pelicans this season if they're no, nowhere near. There's an asset to be gained from him. Right. Right. So decisions, decisions mm. for your man Griff. Why don't you get him on the horn right now? Come no, on, I'll send him a message. I'll break the scoop. All right, let's get to tweet of the night. Mm. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. What do you got, Lily? Yeah, well, I've got a little something here. We'll see how it goes. Uh, one of the best uh, One of the best team websites is the Phoenix Suns. They, they do a great job social media-wise. And last night there was a play, uh, Ricky Rubio goes up, misses a shot, and DeAndre Ayton clearly tips it in. Okay. And the Suns tweet out, uh, Ayton with the assist. Well, zenith of chaos. Wasn't happy with that. He said, that's a rebound, a field goal attempt, a field goal made, and two points. There were zero assists in this video. Well, the Phoenix Suns must have been hacked by John Schumann (laughs) because they came back and said, according to dictionary.com, assist, verb, help, in parentheses, someone, typically by doing a share of the work. So, yes, we can actually say that. Dictionary.com chimed in (laughs) and said, happy to, well, you know, Assist. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you That's said it. you That's said it. you yeah. said <laughs> you said Rubio threw the shot up. Yeah, and then he missed. He and missed, then, and then Aiton just tipped, tipped it in. Yes, and then so they were giving some uh, a, a credit of an assist to Rubio yeah. is what you were saying. Well, no, no, I think I think it was just Aiton was assisting. Oh, I got you. Cleaning up the mess. Yes. I got you. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I was confused when you said that. I was okay. It's a little cryptic, but, you know, that's fun. Too cryptic. Uh, (laughs) Basketball is the only realm 
I guess hockey as well, that you can't use assist in any other form. Assist means one thing in basketball. So I'm with mm. the guy who got uh, sun well, by actually, dictionary.com. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, though, that uh, NBA accounts overall, their socials are great. There's not a, there's not a bad I'm, one. I'm, I'm glad someone had the balls to finally say it. <laughs> oh my god! I think I think Preach. so many teams do a wonderful job with their uh, social media hiring. So uh, you're saying you're good with them calling rebounds assists? I'm just saying they're they're, they're getting into the spirit. They're having a bit of fun. That's all. Uh, Suns are great. Look, I what mean, is an assist in the NBA? No one really knows. Anyway, everybody knows it's not a rebound though. <laughs> Uh, do you think you could uh, give us, uh, not right here, but maybe in the future, maybe 2020, um, your top five NBA social media Ooh. accounts? Could I limit it to five? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. I- do um, I got it. Do your top 30. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But not in order. Top 29 is what I want to hear. Ooh. Who's getting Who's snubbed getting hard? Snubbed. Didn't even make the list. It's going to be the Knicks, isn't it? <laughs> He's turned his back on them. Well, the, yeah, the Knicks don't put the scores in I there. know. <laughs> in their highlight clips, yeah. yeah they, they, they cut out the score bug, and then the little score on the bottom. But that's actually brilliant, I think. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. Wow. Well, or they have they have a Twitter photo of like one of the, two of their players helping another one, and they'll just say, on to the next. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, we lost by 60 again. But that, Wow, the Knicks had a big win last yeah. night. We didn't even talk about it. Uh, punk and the Hawks there. Oof. But. Sort yeah. of cutting out the, the score bug, that's a conscious decision because they could just get highlights without the score bug on it. Like we see highlights, there's no score on it. Right, right. You're melt footage. Yeah. <laughs> like we we all got the melts. There's nine, there's I think nine. it's easier probably to do what they're doing, isn't it? To cut it <laughs> out, sort of zoom when in. You see, when, you see a, when you're at a game and you see the footage on the Jumbotron, there's yes. no score on it. That's right. They have access to it. Right, it's not right. that far. But, but they're showing Yeah, it's not a big deal. <laughs> but they're showing us that they're cutting out the score because they're a great Twitter account. <laughs> don't, don't lump them in with the ownership. Right. Okay? 27th on my list. Who would be? Uh, you'd have the Suns near the top. I think yes. you'd have the Kings near the top. I think you'd have the Hawks near the top. Yeah, the Hawks are great. The Jazz, uh, they yes. do a great job. Blazers do an excellent yes. job. Uh, yes, uh, yes. Okay. Start the music. <laughs> no, no, that's good. No, that was a good top five. Basically, we're done. We're done. Don't forget it. All right, let's get to Pick and Results presented by Cash App. This segment is brought to you by Cash App, the number one finance app in the App Store. Cash App is the easiest way to send money to your friends, like paying up when you lose a bet that LeBron will win most improved player if his hairline grows back. I didn't write that. That's straight from Cash App. But Cash App does way more than that. Cash App is an easy way to try and grow your money with their new investing feature. Unlike investing tools that force you to buy entire shares of stock, Cash App lets you instantly invest as little or as much as you want. This way you can still own a piece of any stock with just one dollar. Brokerage services are provided by Cash App Investing, a subsidiary of Square and member SIPC. We are also excited to be working with Cash App to support one of our favorite organizations, the ACLU. When you sign up for the Cash App and use the promo code NODUNKS, one word, not only will you instantly receive $10, but Cash App will also donate $10 to the ACLU, an amazing organization founded in 1920 that's dedicated to defending and preserving the rights and liberties guaranteed to every person in the U.S. Our rights are important. They all we got. Simple as that. Don't forget, promo code NODUNKS, one word, when you download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today. Quickly, just speaking of that uh, bad Hawks loss, there's a great article up on The Athletic right now mm. with the team talking about that one, losing to the Knicks. Low Big point 10. of the season. That's, that's exactly right. Go check that out uh, on The Athletic. All right, so last night's game, it was that Lakers-Pacers game. Lakers were favored by four and a half on the road. Uh, no Anthony Davis, of course. 
and the Pacers got the job done. Not only did they cover, they won the damn game. So that is a win for Tass and I as we had Indy. Trey and Lee had the Lakers on the road to cover. Here's our records. It's getting a little interesting here. Lee, 8-4 for the month of December. Tass, strong 7-5. And, and then we have Trey and I now tied at 5-7. and seven. Why do we do this? Because whoever finishes in last place for the month has got to pay it off. Snowball fight. Yeah. Snowball right to the eye. <laughs> I was thinking about pulling a Dr. Manhattan down here at Dan- Decatur Square. <laughs> we got to get naked. Paint cover all, yourself yeah. blue. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, we'll come up with something. We'll, uh, we'll have some fun on social media, I'm sure, whoever has to pay it off. But we got a race here. You know, Tass not out of the woodwork. Even Lee really not out of the woodwork yet. Crazy things have happened before. But tonight's game, what do we got? Nine game night in the association. Ooh. Boston visiting Dallas. Dallas coming off that win against the Milwaukee Bucks on Monday, snapping their 18-game streak. And Boston, they had beaten Dallas before. Wanted to check that out. When they were streaking earlier this season, they had won 10 in a row. They beat Boston at home. So this one on the road, they're favored by 2.5 on the road in Dallas. So essentially a pick um, What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Celtics favored by 2.5 on the road, eh? Despite and they've lost two, two in a row. row. Yeah. They haven't played since last Thursday. Yeah. Wow. Do they even remember what basketball is? That's a weird gap. You're right. Holy. Five days off. Holy. Legs should be good. But I think Dallas can win. Mm-hmm. I do think they can win. Uh, so I'll take the Mavericks. I'm going to take the Celtics. I like that rest. <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, they're gonna snap that little losing streak they got going, um, and win by three or more. I guess. Give I'll me the C's. C's. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the, the D's. You got the C's. I got the C's. Sorry. Okay. Tess has the Celtics. Who did the least say? I didn't. The Dow's. He's got the Dow's. As we he's call tying them. his shoe uh, right now, so he can't talk. Perfect timing. Um, all right. Safety first. Give me the D. Yeah. Safety first. Keep them tight for the end of this podcast. <laughs> what did you just say there, Lee? I said, give me the D. All right. See you on uh, No Dunks Out of Context uh, a little bit later on Twitter. Uh, that's it for us here today, guys, on a Wednesday. As Tess said, lots of games on tonight, so we'll be breaking them down on Thursday's Daily Show. We also have another bonus podcast a little later today here on Wednesday. Keep your eyes and your ears on our podcast feed. It's a one-on-one interview. Well, a five-on-one interview. I don't know why we call it one-on-one when it's five guys talking to one. Uh, but I love it. With comedian Amir Blumenfeld from Jake and Amir fame. We will be talking to Amir about his Lakers fandom, uh, working with Rick Fox in the past at College Humor. Uh, we'll have some fun with uh, Amir Blumenfeld. Again, that podcast later today on Wednesday. Beach stepping up yesterday. Oh, man. Back-to-back jacks on back-to-back days, baby. Wow. Has it ever been done before? Probably by us. Yeah, by us for sure. So check those out, and we will see you tomorrow. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, folks. And remember, no dunks, no dinks. And with the amount of shows that we're doing, a lot of dearth. Not a lot of dearth. It starts with D. (laughs) Embrace the dead people.